Are you over 50 and wondering, what happened? All the time. Sometimes I look in the mirror and wonder, who's that old fart? Yeah, I wondered that about you too. Listen as CJ and I stumble through the wonderful world of being over 50. Like the stereotypes of being grumpy, forgetful and technologically inept. And don't get me started on the mystery muscle pain. Excellent, I hope it does hurt. And we'll talk about other joys of ageing, like funding retirement, mailing a stool sample and working with millennials. Join us on the downhill run to the old folks' home. Welcome to What's My Age Again? This is me, Scott. And this is me, CJ. Welcome to What's My Age Again, 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 again. So, what have we got for the listeners this episode, Scott? Well, our goal this episode is to answer the question, why does society consider 50 to be old? Mm, It sounds like a fairly deep and interesting subject. What are we covering this episode? Okay, well, we're going to talk about how life expectancy has changed over the years. And we're also going to talk about how artificial intelligence is biased against people over 50. And what's our You're Not Helping segment about this week, CJ? Uh, <clears throat> shit. Uh, I just need to do something else. Um, Come on, start man. without me. Let's had, get on with the show. You had one job. I'm over 50. <laughs> So we've been talking about how society views people over 50 years old. Today, we're going to look at why society views people over 50 years old. And I believe it goes right back to the dawn of time. I actually think cavemen have a lot to answer for, because for the hundreds of thousands of years humans have been around, we haven't lived our current settled lifestyle very long. We were hunter-gatherers for 95% of the time humans have been on Earth. So farming and animal husbandry are relatively recent inventions. I think you'll find that uh, making your animal a husband is uh, illegal, Scott. Well, mm, yeah, I guess so. Um, Anyway, if you think about it, hunting mastodons for a living is a whole lot more dangerous than planting corn and milking cows. I don't think you've seen how my uncle milks cows, but carry on. (laughs) Well... The average lifespan of prehistoric humans was very low. Well, it's the whole, you know, drinking, carousing, killing woolly mammoths, fighting on saber-toothed tigers, all that kind of... Uh, all that kind of I've seen the Flintstones. I understand how all this <laughs> stuff works. Yes, well, I don't know what the Flintstones' lifespan was. Well, a super old person back then would have been like 33. Oh, so they had superheroes back then. <laughs> yes, super old. <laughs> Super caveman. <laughs> anyway, it got me thinking. Uh, it made me wonder whether humans just haven't really evolved. If the average lifespan of a human in the natural world was just thirty, was thirty, then we're we're braining it. We're going so far past that. It's no wonder that we're um, we're struggling to know what to do with the time sometimes, and also how to treat people who are older because. We just haven't evolved to, to even deal with that. So I think what you're suggesting is is that all the millennials and Gen Zs are just not evolved, and that's why they, that's why they don't know how to treat people who are older than them. Yeah, that that's exactly what I'm saying, CJ. Yeah. That's what I thought. Anyway, so. so I thought it might be a really good idea to look at average human lifespans over the last, I don't know, 10,000 years. As long as we're not doing it individually, <laughs> that might the podcast might go on a bit too long. We're doing it in real time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're we're going to look at how the human lifespan changed over history. 
So, of course, in a way of um, trying to research this, I went looking for some peer-reviewed research on the topic. Mm, that seems very you, and I'm sure that there would have been lots of stuff that was written at the time. Yes, chiselled onto stone, <laughs> painted on walls in caves, all that kind of stuff, but no. In fact, while it was quite on brand for me to look for research, I ran into a bit of a hitch, because the papers I found were really, really boring, and worse, I couldn't quite understand them. So I took refuge in Wikipedia. Yeah, that's always reliable. I don't want to downplay credibility of Wikipedia, but a friend of mine, when he has an argument with somebody, if the other person won't come around to his point of view, he'll go, yeah, all right, we'll leave it there, and then he'll go to the bathroom. While he's in the bathroom, he'll go to Wikipedia, (laughs) add his point of view to the entry, come back and go, do you know what I was just thinking? Look it up on Wikipedia and see what Wikipedia says. That's always a good <laughs> So, <clears throat> I thought we'd have a run-through of the article and we'd see where it leads us. That sounds like a great idea. This article was about human life expectancy over the years. And there's a nice, interesting little table here which gives us some um, insight into human life expectancy. Now, life expectancy, on when they, they list it, actually takes into account uh, infant mortality. So from birth, it it drops down the average because so many kids died in in their first year of life that the average gets dropped down significantly. Just taking a fortunate turn. Yeah. So uh, if you reach the age of 15, you had a fair chance of living a fair bit longer, but you had to get there first. That's what my dad used to say to me. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that uh, that Paleolithic senior citizens had a really important job. And I was reading an article in The Guardian, which is um, pretty upmarket for me, mm. uh, called The Wisdom of Grandparents Helped the Rise of Prehistoric Man. Okay, It quoted an anthropologist whose name was Professor Rachel Kaspari, who believes that a surge in numbers of elderly humans triggered a cultural explosion. Explosion. And it helped... Explosion. And it helped to establish our species as masters of the planet. So you get to thank the geriatrics for humans being masters of the universe. No, I think you'll find it's, uh, it's He-Man that you get to thank for being <laughs> masters of the universe. Ha, ha, ha. I get you, He-Man. I, I, I'd like doing my Skeletor impersonation. Right. Anyway, these elders, these elders, these elderly, pre- elderly prehistoric elders. people, elderly elders, I think you'll find that's a technical term, <laughs> they passed on knowledge of poisonous food, the location of water supplies, and important skills such as tool making. Uh, and that was a quote from a gentleman whose name was Professor Chris Stringer, who was the author of the recently published The Origin of Our Species. I'm not quite sure what uh, Charles Darwin would think about that, but anyway, good on him. <laughs> Is this the, it's, uh, it's plagiarism if you take it from one place, it's research if you steal it from two. Well, you know, I, I, I'd like to introduce him to my book, uh, which is called Remembrance of Some Things Past, or uh, Jaws-ish. <laughs> what he also goes on to say is uh, when it came to disputes over access to waterholes, or to land rich in game, the more elders there were to remember the distant relations with other tribes, the better it would have been to negotiate and share resources. He says, older people would have been vital to survival. But I have to say, it's not that clever that the elders are passing on the knowledge of poisonous food. 
because that's <laughs> that's just the I'm not stupid enough to eat anything. That's <laughs> people. That's people who, when I was at school, were going, "You should eat that. Go on, see what." <laughs> no, you should. Fair. To, you'll be all right. I bet you'll be all right. No, mushrooms yes. are good, man. You can buy mushrooms in the shops. <laughs> Why would you pay for it when you can just get one out of the ground for nothing? But it's bright green with yellow spots. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the elders. They're the ones who are doing all that shit. Eat that eat that egg thing. That thing that just came out of that chicken's ass. Have a go at that. Have a go at that. Someone had to be the first. So in the old Stone Age, the first Stone Age, you were your average was between twenty two and thirty three. Okay, but if you got to the age of 15, you could probably live to 54. Okay, so you get through the uh, the high school kind of years where (laughs) people, all the elders are going, hey, eat this, see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, so the the bullies don't sort of kill you behind the (laughs) behind the cave shed. They got so humans got so hungry, they learned how to farm and um, and husband animals. And things got even worse. Yeah, I would have thought that farming would have made things better. Well, yeah, it did eventually. But humans had to learn how to farm. And that took ages. It's not that hard to farm. Years. Well, it's hard to farm and get it right. I mean, it's easy to plant things in the ground. But, you know, year after year and trying to do it for hundreds, it might be okay for 10 years. Then suddenly there's a drought or whatever. They didn't learn to to store food, they didn't learn to rotate crops, they didn't learn all that stuff for a while. And I think there were a lot of mishaps along the way and a lot of a lot of farmers died because they were stupid or they didn't know any better. So a lot of people starved to death and for a while the average lifespan dropped still further. Life expectancy was twenty to thirty three, but that was at age fifteen you could live to be thirty three. It dropped twenty one years. When farming was invented, so at no point did something anybody go fuck this farming. This is well, a, this seems like a terrible idea. Yes, well, you might have thought that would happen, but seemed to, you know. Well, I guess it happened really slowly. You know, they didn't just go, okay, we're going to stop hunter gathering now, <laughs> and take up and take up uh, farming. So, people, by the time people got to the point where they realised they weren't living as long, they'd forgotten how long they used to live. They're not thinking, well, Grandpa lived to 54, and here am I, I'm an old man at 36. Uh, they didn't see it like that. So moving along to the Bronze and Iron Age, and again, they didn't get much better than 36 years. So that's total life expectancy at 15. So they really weren't a whole lot better. They got an extra three years if they were lucky. Wow. And you get to, um, you get to classical Greece. Okay, so oh, that's, that's a talking. top album. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of classical gas. Okay. <laughs> classical Greece. Yeah, whether you know the people walking around in bed sheets, waving their fingers in the air and saying, Aha, Eureka, I found it. Uh, they <laughs> that was me last on the weekend. <laughs> I thought could have asked what you found. <laughs> uh, that's age... the that's the least concerning part of that story. <laughs> they actually dropped a little bit there too, twenty-five to twenty-eight at birth. Uh, but if once they got past 15, then they, they were ranging between 37 to 40. But if you got to 30, you had a pretty fair crack at reaching 50 or 60. So there were a couple of milestones you could reach. But about half of all children died before adolescence. So, you know, you had to have a couple of kids to make sure you had a few get through the, the great right. filter, basically. Well, there was, there was lots of um, 
because uh, classical Greece, that was where they started all the uh, the drinking and carousing and oh, Bacchus, all that sort of the, stuff. The god, of, the god of the god of wine. Yeah, so it kind of explains the um, the child neglect component. <laughs> what this tells me is that uh, the Neolithic people who would live to thirty three years were apparently much smarter than the classical Greece people who would die generally before that unless they managed to live to 30 without getting stabbed by somebody, which well, seemed to be a big better thing parents. back then. In ancient Rome, they upticked a little bit. They got to to 33, um, an average of 33 at birth. If you got to 20, you'd probably be able to get to 50. Okay, so amazingly, Julius Caesar, who we all think was taken before his time and was stabbed to death, he was 55, so he was actually wow. right up there. He actually probably couldn't have expected to live a whole lot longer of seeing, you know, 50 might have been an average for, average for someone who'd um, lived as long as he had and gotten gone through all the um, uh, wars and things he'd gotten through. So why is it such a big thing? He would have been dead um, in a couple of weeks anyway. Yes, exactly. I don't know, but it is certainly, certainly a big thing. So after the fall of Rome, we get to the, the Middle Ages. Kind of like 40 and 45. <laughs> no, not when you start to have the middle of crisis. <laughs> Oh, right. Medieval era. How about we use medieval era instead? Okay. Okay, so medieval era, to me, I always think of Monty Python and the Holy Grail and you must be not covered in shit. And that's how I think of middle, uh, the Middle Ages or medieval people, so not, not, very, not very great um, personal hygiene. And surprisingly, they've still ticked up a little bit on ancient Rome. They're getting, getting to about 35. But anyone who survived to 40 had a crack at reaching 60. Right. But they were probably also the nobles rather than general shit kickers. Later in the medieval period... Sorry, I'll, just, I'll, yeah. I'll jump in here and, uh, and make a confession. The ELO song, uh, Evil Woman, for quite a long time, I thought was medieval woman. <laughs> when I found out it wasn't, it explained a lot. <laughs> yes, what about Jeff Flynn had a thing for medieval women? <laughs> and then later in the medieval period, things you know didn't get a whole lot better. They may have been able to reach sixty four if they uh, got to twenty one. So it's not too bad. To uh, to summarise, we started at Paleolithic. Yep. And to medieval, how many years are we talking about? Thirty, forty. Okay, so the Paleolithic to medieval, that's probably about 10,000 years. So we actually haven't improved our lifespan too much in 10,000 years. No, exactly. And you'll see later on that things get a whole lot better in a very short space of time. But for a long time, things hadn't really gone very far at all. Now, we're going to leave Europe. We're going to go to the Aztec Empire in and they had... This is the Billy Thorpe era? This is not the Billy Thorpe era, no. <laughs> so the average Aztec life expectancy, if they made it to 15, was 41 years for men and 42 for women. So pretty close uh-huh. to that thing there. But the, their biggest problem probably wasn't uh, malnutrition so much as not being sacrificed on a temple. The Mesoamericans never met a heart they didn't want to cut out of somebody. <laughs> It was less about not having enough food, more about having your heart ripped out. Basically, yeah. Okay. If, if, you, if you could run fast enough and had good connections, <laughs> you'd probably get a little bit older than that. They certainly love sacrificing people. They, on one of the statistics I read, they would sacrifice about 20,000 people a year. Jesus Christ. So, Well, not because he wasn't born there, but... 
the Mesoamericans, they were a bit morbid. They they were so into death that they had a number of That gods. they ripped 20,000 hearts out a year. Well, there's that. But they, 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 they were doing that to appease their bloodthirsty gods. And one of their bloodthirsty gods was rumoured to be wandering through the countryside uh, basically as a skeleton. But this right. skeleton uh, had sort of encased in its chest a heart that was beating inside its chest and you could see it because it's obviously a skeleton so you can it's got no skin but you can see this this heart beating away inside its chest and it used to challenge people um you know if they go through a village and challenge people to to try and take its heart you know this is like an early Kwai Chang Kane can you grab the rocks from my hand can you can you rip the heart from my from my ribs (laughs) my one of my questions was going to be did nobody notice that 20,000 people were getting their heart ripped out every year but the fact that they had a skeleton with a still beating heart that would go around presumably to bars trying to win (laughs) drinks going see if you can rip my heart out go on go go. 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 yeah if you yeah if you can't you need to buy me a beer you haven't got a stomach it's beside the point that would make sense why nobody noticed twenty thousand people a year having their their hearts ripped out oh for them it was just normal business as usual (laughs) um so moving right along with our list uh you get to the 18th century in england and it ranged from about 35 to 40 but the, the elite got to about 40 to 50, so it wasn't that great. I mean, we sort of think about them all being old fuddy-duddies, but in fact they were dead by 50, mm. mostly. Fuddy-duddy. Mm, them, those people. And in, in 18th century Prussia, to what they were all mad about wars, their average was 24.7. <laughs> I think they were just sort of mulched up in the war machine. Yeah, looking down, not a great jump until we get to 1950. And we stopped killing people in wars. Well, yeah, that's true. So, but even so, the world average in 1950 was 48. In, in North America, in Europe, Australia, it was around about 60, but you know, the quote-unquote third world countries where people were starving, oh, okay, um, right. they, they dragged, it, dragged it down, so they just weren't doing their part. <laughs> That was until, that's why Bob Geldof had to come in and help. Yeah. Exactly, yes. And that was why our mothers kept telling us that the starving children of Biafra would just love our dinner. <laughs> Are you going to send okay, it to now. them, Mum? <laughs> yes. Okay, and, and now you look at um, the world average in 2020. Got to, for women, 75, for males, 70. Shit, so we virtually doubled our life expectancy in 70 years. Yep. And I think you can put that down to antibiotics. You can put it down to just general better diet, um, better hygiene in general. So it has gone up a lot. And that's why I think we're kind of staring in the face issue where we've, we've got this longer period of retirement where people find it hard to know what to do with themselves. In, in, like we were saying earlier, the, the Paleolithic, their, their midlife crisis went for about 10 seconds before they got <laughs> devoured by a saber-toothed cat. Like we're a little bit past our use-by dates as far as society's concerned. And we're not really genetically predisposed to living as long as we do. We seem to have managed it, but we're not really meant to do it. So what you're suggesting is that we need to do like Jurassic Park and get more saber-toothed cats. That's what I'm suggesting, CJ. <laughs> Absolutely my, my suggestion. I'm glad that I picked up on the keyboard. 
I thought I was being a little bit obtuse, but you picked up on it exactly. <laughs> so actually, interesting, I was reading a thing the other day that said, are we prolonging life too long? So it's becoming less that it's less that we live longer and more that we're causing people to live longer when previously they should have already died. Well, that depends on quality of life, doesn't it? Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're living in pain and rocking backwards and forwards, weeping all day, then you've probably got past your use-by date. I'm apparently use past my use-by date, date then. <laughs> the article that I was reading was kind of talking about people being alive for the sake of being alive rather than being alive. It's just more about not dying than being alive in inverted commas. Well, I'd agree with that from... Like, I'm, I've just... In the last few years, both my parents died, and they were, I would say, they lived about five years past a time where they were enjoying life. But then my grandfather died in 1962. He was, like, 72, and he died of a heart condition that today would have been easily treated. And at the time, he was still doing things like he'd uh, excavated the backyard himself by hand and chopped out all his stone and, and built a stone garage... <laughs> While he had a heart condition, if he'd been managed to have that cured, like he could have had it done today, he probably would have you know, built the pyramids or something. I don't know. <laughs> it does beg the question of, was he supposed to have excavated the backyard with his bare hands and built a stone garage? Well, by all accounts, and I, I, my, my grandmother, I, knew, I didn't ever meet him. He died before I was born, but my grandmother was quite a formidable lady. And I think <laughs> he, was he trying spent to hide most of his time... He was trying to hide from her, literally <laughs> trying to hide from her. So he spent his time in the backyard, and I think when he wasn't excavating it, he was in the shed doing other things. Where's your husband? He's out the back digging a hole in the backyard with his hands. <laughs> Wouldn't it be quicker to do it with a shovel? It possibly would, but he's insisting that it's important to do it by hand. If you look at photographs of him and my grandmother, though, it's early. he would die at 72. Ten years earlier, it's a photograph I, I have of them where... They would have been in the early 60s, so not far off what I am. And they looked ancient. They didn't look wrinkly old, but they dressed old. Mm. They had old hairstyles. They looked like older people. And, like, we see people that age now, and they may look old in the face, but they don't have that kind of I am an old person vibe about them. Yeah, I can remember when I was a kid, like, somebody who was 50 or 60 was old. Friends of my mother's, they had the blue rinse hair. and Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, the dad's winding down to retirement. And, yeah, all right, well, let's start wrapping up, wrapping up this entire life thing. Whereas nowadays, if you know, when you're hitting 60, it's, um, it's time for a, your second midlife crisis. And actually, I wonder whether if we're able to look through their eyes as to what they considered old for them, for their parents, because they would have seen their parents as old. And if mm. that's going, kind of going back into the 1940s where or 1940s, 1950s, where it was the life expectancy was 50-odd. Mm. Um, then the idea for them, I guess, of being old was very different to what we would have, what we would expect it to be as well. So they, yeah, it, sure. they were probably going um, the same as we are. You know, well, when, I was, when I was 50, I, or now that I'm 50, I look back at my parents and go... Jesus Christ, look how old they were when they were, at 50, when they were 50. Yeah. The other phenomena that I was thinking about the other day was I remember when I started working, a couple of guys I worked with were older and retired not that long after I started working. And they both, like, retired at 65 and, like, died. <laughs> they, they didn't have... They, they sort mm. of... 
they had no nothing to do. They had no purpose in life anymore. And it seemed like that was their cue. It was like, oh, well, I've got nothing better to do. I'll die now. Mm. And you don't seem to hear so much about that anymore. That, I think that phenomenon, well, A, like you're saying, retirement is a, 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 a bit of a pipe dream nowadays. Yeah. But um, I think if, well, certainly if I had to retire, I could find things to do with oh. things to do with I wouldn't feel like it was uh, the end of the earth. Fuck yeah, there's a lot of it. there's a lot of internet out there. Absolutely, you could never read all the internet. <laughs> I could kill plenty of time. I could retire tomorrow and be fine. I could fill my days <laughs> very very easily, just with Netflix. Exactly. Well, my, my dad retired. He because he was a, like a bee in a bottle. He, he could not be contained. So he used to drive my mother crazy because she was used to the home being her domain. Mm. And they'd moved into a three-bedroom unit rather than the big house they had. So he had no yard. All he had to do was he was forever running around vacuuming and cleaning <laughs> and driving her absolutely crazy because he didn't do it properly. <laughs> uh, and so she had to go and do it anyway. So he didn't actually help her at all. But he was trying really hard just to give himself something to do. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. And I think probably one of the challenges we face is trying to find a, a way to make those extra years we're having better. Yes. Useful. And to add value to them. So it's, uh, a friend of mine, Bob, was saying the other day of, Yes, it's great to be able to say I can retire at 67, but at 67, will I be able to, you know, stand at the bottom of a some thousand-step statue in Thailand and go, yeah, shit, I wish I'd come here 10 years ago when I could actually walk up there, but now I can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd love to go to Machu Picchu, but apparently there's a whole lot of walking in that that even even now I think because there's such a high altitude, it's thin air and all sorts of stuff. It's not just a matter of fitness; it's a matter of um, everything. If like you're younger to do that, that's mm. something I won't ever do. So, I think there are certain things you just got to do when you're younger. But you know, in this day and age, when you you know it's so hard to buy a house when you're young. Now these young people nowadays, they have such a they have such a a mountain to climb to just to buy a place. It's not they can't afford. Well, after they've married, they can't really afford to travel. They they spend an awful lot of time travelling before that, I think, or they did until COVID. Mm. I think nowadays it's a bit different. There's a lot of people, a lot of frustrated young people who can't travel at the moment. So yeah, I don't know. So sort of blowing say mind. something. So I wonder whether in Paleolithic times, at thirteen, if people were going. Fuck, I wish I'd done something more with my life. <laughs> I really wanted to go and see those those rocks over there in the distance, yes. but maybe build a yes. garage out of them. <laughs> What's a garage? <laughs> but I think it's too late for me now. I'll be 14 next week. Oh, mate. Holy I'm shit, there's a saber-toothed cat. <laughs> it's coming right at me. Well... Well, it seems our script has come to an end. (laughs) (laughs) And now, a word from our sponsors. Why was the God of the Old Testament so crazy? Why did Sumerians have temple prostitutes? And why, oh, why did the Mayans give each other tobacco enemas? Lightbulb Moments in Human History has the answers. Lightbulb Moments in Human History is the book 
you never knew you had to read. Available in February 2023 at all good bookstores. And some bad ones too. Okay, so CJ, I had a an idea for a new segment because I've been playing around with something called... Oh, Chucky. hang on, I don't want to... Uh, oh, okay, sorry. Yep, Kim. Sorry, that wasn't what I was thinking you were uh, you were going to say there, but... Uh... <laughs> I don't think I'd be quite so open as that, CJ. <laughs> but uh, I thought I'd add an idea for a new segment, and I thought um, playing around with ChatGPT, you... It's, a, it's an AI chatbot and you can ask it questions and it will give you answers and the answers uh, can be quite interesting. Like the other day I was I asked it to write a limerick and it can write a limerick um, yeah. and it did, does all the right things for a limerick. I asked it to write a dirty limerick and it said, no, I'm sorry, we can't, I'm not allowed to do that because I'm a, an AI. Um, so just for, uh, because we're, our audience uh, is potentially predominantly over 50, uh, and we're bad with technology and don't really understand all these this sort of, of things. What AI stands for? Artificial intelligence. Ah, we're back to my workplace. Okay, yes. So, yeah, um, you can just, it, it basically has the internet fed into it and it can search through all stuff and come up with with basically relatively well well written answers to questions and what i thought it might be an interesting thing to do is to ask it our question of this week and see what it came up with is this how skynet started it probably is but i figure we might as well make hay while the sun shines (laughs) (laughs) before the blinding nuclear blast shines exactly (laughs) exactly so like as i said i just need to go down to the local playground (laughs) <laughs> hang on to the chain chain link fence <laughs> so our question uh this week is why does society consider 50 to be old and so right. i asked chat gpt and our new segment is called Ask is society's view on aging related to the fact that humans have only recently extended their lifespans? Society's view on aging is likely influenced by a variety of factors, including cultural and historical beliefs, as well as advances in medical technology that have allowed people to live longer. In the past, shorter lifespans were the norm, and aging was often associated with decline and loss of productivity. As lifespans have increased, societal views on aging may have shifted to focus more on the potential for older adults to continue to contribute to society and lead fulfilling lives. However, it's important to note that views on aging can vary greatly across different cultures and societies. Well, that's brilliant. Uh, So essentially what you've done is you've uh, converted our 50-odd minute podcast into a 37-second AI podcast. blurb good work <laughs> yes yes but um but it's not funny is it <laughs> well <laughs> some would argue that neither is this <laughs> yeah fair call fair call anyway <laughs> neither are funny but that one you can finish off in 37 seconds <laughs> well who's going to download a 37 second podcast <laughs> true also you missed opportunity there to go that's what she said <laughs> Sorry. 
So anyway, um, now that actually did make a whole lot of sense. But I can tell you something that doesn't make sense. You may Politics. have heard all well, is that. But you may My have heard <laughs> you relationships. Heard... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought it was just a I thought it was like a free association. <laughs> Something else that doesn't make Soy. sense. <laughs> My friend. <laughs> Something else oh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Something else that doesn't make sense. Oh, no, I won't talk. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> you finished? Yep. You sure? Yep. Okay. Something else that doesn't yep, make sense. Yep, you keep talking. You go. Is... AI illustration. Have you heard about that, CJ? Sounds like a spelling mistake, but no. <laughs> okay, so AIs just aren't able to write. They're able to draw and they're able to create photographs. And some of the well, results... I can do been... that. Yes, but you're not intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> some may argue you're artificial. <laughs> I thought you were going to go, you're not artificial, but oh, this took a turn. You interrupt somebody a couple of times. All of a sudden. So, like, anyway, some, some of the pictures are quite amazing. You know, there was, a lot of you probably have seen them in the paper. I um, was looking at an article in the, in the conversation and it's talking about um, is, is AI art the future of art and lots of things can be created that are, are quite um, amazing, but uh, there are a few things that AI art can't do, and one of those things is generate a realistic-looking fifty-year-old person. Because I was trying to do that, I was making a video um, for the um, a trailer for the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No yeah. trailer for the podcast, <laughs> and I was trying to get people who looked vaguely, realistically fifty, and they. That um, Mid Journey, which is the um, the AI that was doing the art generation, kept on giving me people who looked like they were eighty five, and <laughs> I kept on I kept on sending them sending pictures of them to you, and you're like, no, make them younger. <laughs> and so I kept on giving it. You have to you have to type in a uh, a command, and it's and I would say I start off saying you know fifty no, year old make them younger, <laughs> fifty year old person doing X Y or Z. And they would give me an 85-year-old person doing X, Y, or Z. So then I'd say, 40-year-old person doing X, Y, or Z. And they would still look like they were pensionable. Finally, <laughs> finally, I said, 30-year-old person doing X, Y, and Z. And they, they kind of looked 50. So um, I think... It sounds eight, like it should be called uh, AD then, the artificial... Dumb. <laughs> Take Thanks. that, AI. You're artificial dumb. <laughs> so it seems like ageism Come is built into the algorithm. Ah. Uh-huh. And who builds the algorithms? Would you like to hazard a guess? Uh, Terminators. Mm, no, before they need to, they Robocop. need someone. They need people who are real people before they can uh, they can get to that point. I'm pretty sure that pretty soon they'll be doing that. But right, right now, that all the data is fed in by people who are 
obviously younger than oh, 30. Awesome. Ah. They may be the same, one of the same. But, um, you know, they, they have no they, understanding of uh, anybody who's over 25 is just old. Exactly. They, they lump everything in together. So hmm. e- even a, a podcast of people over, over 30 could be getting upset about, uh, about what's coming out of uh, these um, uh, AI programs. Um, but having said that, there's something else that AI art can't get right, and that's something as simple as hands. Yeah. Have, you seen, have you seen the hands that come out of AI art sometimes? How many no, fingers do you, you need hands? But how many fingers do you have? It's not Is a trick, one of question. trick questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I've got eight and two thumbs. Okay, so you're well and truly ahead of the pack there. Do you think <laughs> a Do you think a three year old could tell me how many fingers they have? Are you suggesting that a three year old is smarter than I am? <laughs> I was suggesting that a three-year-old could tell you that they they have the the correct amount of fingers that they have, right? But these AIs aren't as smart as a three-year-old in that they can give you. It, it looks like body horror. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, you know, it's like something between. It's like um, I don't know a hand drawing that somehow meets human centipede kind of proportions of gross. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's, it's, sometimes it's hard to look at. So how many fingers would a an average AI hand have? Well, there's no such thing as an average AI hand because I've seen an AI hand which had like at least eight fingers. Right. Um, or one finger that's three times longer than all the others or a, hand, a person has three arms or three <laughs> and a half legs. It's a bit like... I don't know. It's 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 like something out of a Stephen King book, I think. Right. Maybe Stephen King's controlling the AI. Maybe. Wake maybe. up, Australia. <laughs> maybe they've fed all his uh, collected works into <laughs> the AI. <laughs> anyway, so even though I, I I still propose to go ahead with the uh, ask an AI segment, but I definitely will be thinking hard, long and hard about using uh, AI art for any of our future videos. So there, AI, take that up your bum. <laughs> take that. <laughs> this episode for you're for not helping you're not helping <laughs> this is this is some stuff from a a seniors website so, so this is this is like a proper site that's supposed to be helpful for people over 50 right now this is but it's not helping from and no this is supposedly 50 good things about turning 50 I don't think I can think of 10 good things, so <laughs> I do get the impression, though, that whoever wrote this at some point went, shit, I shouldn't have signed up to come up with 50 of these things. <laughs> can I copy and paste and see if anyone notices? Well, pretty close. Uh, it's easier to laugh at yourself, followed by it's easier to laugh at others, followed by it's easier to take life less seriously. <laughs> Okay. Yes, I think that that's uh, close to being yep. cut and paste. Yep. Uh, the uh, it then went into a bit of a roller coaster. You can learn to dance. Right. This is the good thing about being over fifty. So apparently, you can't learn to dance until you're over fifty. Okay. If you're coming up to fifty and you can already dance, 
you're only going to have 49 things. But what if I don't want to dance? Do I have to learn how to dance anyway? You don't have to learn how to dance because you can learn how to dance or you can learn how to sing. Followed by people expect you to be a bad dancer (laughs) (laughs) and no one cares if you're a bad singer. (laughs) Which is also directly followed by your inner confidence shines. Because <laughs> you're so bad at everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You should learn to dance, but you'll be shit at it. And that's okay because people expect it, but your inner confidence will shine. <laughs> you'll be so um, so demented that you won't know that you can't good at it. Some of them were quite oddly specific. Let me ask you this. When you turned 50, it was one of the first things you thought about I can wear glitter and funny sweaters now and laugh at myself. Followed directly by, I can wear glitter and funny sweaters in public and laugh at myself. I'm thinking really hard. And I can honestly say that has never occurred to me at any stage in my life. (laughs) In the oddly specific category, you can wear red hats that don't match your clothes. That really is oddly specific. Sounds like something you'd read on a police report. (laughs) What number is that in the list? Uh, That is number 21. Wow. They've got to number 21 and they're already running out and still got got 29 to go. No, sorry, 19 to go, sorry. Can't even count. No, 29. I can't count at all. Let's just just cut that bit out because clearly I'm so old I can't do maths. That's all good. It's um, it's like my dad used to say, there's three types of people in this world, those that can count and those that can't. (laughs) Turning it to a bit more of a serious note. And I'm going to ask you this on a, because this is um, is four items. But I'm actually going to ask, do you for this? Right. Because it says that some of, here's four of the great things that uh, are good about turning 50 do you stop caring what other, or did you, when you turn 50, stop caring what other people think? I'm assuming that's what other people think about you rather than just what other people yes. think. Yeah, I don't, care what, I don't care about you. Or what yeah, I don't think it's intended to be, I don't care what other people think like scientists or historians. Yes. So, yes, I, so I, to a certain, I stopped caring about what other people thought about me to an extent. And the answer to some of the other questions will show different extents. So go carry on. You stopped sweating. Not totally, but... Actually, sorry, that went on to the next page. Uh, you stopped sweating the small stuff. <laughs> uh, I think I accept some things. I, I accept there's certain things about myself that I, I can't change now. At this point, there's no... That won't, I won't be playing soccer for Australia or, or... Sounds to me like somebody's got an attitude problem. <laughs> uh, but like I've also there's the things that pass me by and you know, accept those things I've set new goals and achieve some new goals so I think it's getting out of bed moving from the kitchen to the lounge room <laughs> so yeah um, yeah to a greater or lesser extent meh don't know there's, there's no one answer that's for sure well I'm glad we sorted that out <laughs> do, we have, do we have any of these other, other 50 um, yes the it's degenerated into a category that I've just called no. <laughs> so the, these are not these are not helpful 
this is, uh, wow, I'm lucky I'm 50 now because I get to use the excuse, I'm set in my ways. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. So as a uh, as an, an, an extra bit for the, you get to use the excuse that I'm set in my ways, this like is a quote that. from T.S. Eliot. Okay. See, I'm fucking civilised. Yeah, popped up when I was, uh, when I was doing a Pornhub search. The the years between, it's even even funnier when I read it now. Uh, the years between fifty and seventy are the hardest. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, I may have just killed Scott. That's <laughs> not an entirely different uh, context. I assume he means most difficult. <laughs> yeah, let's pretend I, uh, I I didn't make a Pornhub reference before this and uh, and basically essentially destroyed T.S. Eliot. It's too late now. The years between 50 and 70 are the hardest. You're always being asked to do things and yet you are not decrepit enough to turn uh-huh. them down. Yeah, that's good. So he definitely wasn't buying the whole I'm set in my ways thing. No. <laughs> now, following I'm set in my ways, you have a reason for forgetting things. You also have a reason for losing things. Forgetting that you've lost things. That would be a uh, that'd be a win-win, I think. <laughs> All right, two more. You have a better ability to forgive others. Do I have a better ability to forgive others? I think I I have less expectations of people. I think I have my expectations of people. <laughs> beaten down over the years so I, I could probably forgive people for for not doing the right thing because i never expected them to in the first place so there you go kids that's something to look forward to as you get over 50 is that your expectations of people drop until doesn't matter how much they screw you over you just go yeah i expected that and wrapping the whole thing up at number 50 you can be as grumpy as you wish now, who wishes to be grumpy is my question do you really wish to be grumpy? Well, nobody wishes to be grumpy. It's just the fact that you have the opportunity to be grumpy. So it's basically you get you get a, a free pass for being grumpy. Yeah. Everyone just goes, oh, it's Scott. He's over 50. He's a cunt. <laughs> oh, I suppose there's someone who thinks so. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. I'm sure there's plenty of people who think that. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Nice chat, CJ. (laughs) Okay, I think it's time to wrap it up. So, CJ, do you think we've answered the question? Well, I think we established that AI answered the question for us and it answered the question significantly more efficiently than we did. Fuck you, AI. No, I'm just kidding. Don't send a Terminator after me. Okay, but... Um, forgetting the AI for a second, do you think our listeners will come away with a better understanding? Mm, of anything in particular or probably just generally? Not? Sure, why not? Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I am really starting to question why we're doing this. Concerned that it's taking you this long. Anyway, so if you found society's expectation of over 50s doesn't align with who you are or how you feel... And you're not mental. Or your chronological age doesn't match up with your subjective age. Or... If you just have a great over 50 story to share, drop us a line at the old folks home 69 <laughs> at gmail.com or any of the any of the socials, which is some 
configuration of old folks home and 69. Jeez, we've really got to change that. Yeah, I think it's too late for that now. Uh, Anyway, this is me. And this is me. Remember, when you listen, to make sure that you get more of this exciting, valuable and beneficial (laughs) content, you should follow, rate and review all episodes. And if symptoms persist, see your doctor. Individual results may vary. Artist impression may not represent actual events. Join us on the next episode of What's My Age Again? Say goodbye, CJ. Goodbye, CJ. Is that it? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Scott, I was reading a book the other day called Funny You Should Ask. Sometimes life and death don't go quite according to plan. Uh, It's quite a good book, and I was reading it because we've been paid to advertise it. Uh, It's a collection of... In that case, read away. (laughs) It's a collection of six short stories, but I like the idea of it because it's it's three that are uh, humorous and three that are odd. So it's the blur on the back is, isn't it funny how funny can be either humorous or odd? Funny You Should Ask, Sometimes Life and Death Don't Go Quite According to Plan, explores the irony, amusement and drama of life, death and what happens in between in six thought-provoking stories, some humorous, some odd. Well, that's good. Let me give you an insight into uh, into one of the first stories, which is, uh, it just says, when Brandon, a middle-aged guy with a natural talent for mistakes, stumbles across an unusual genie, he has only three wishes to try not to follow his usual path, which is actually an interesting story because the genie is uh, is essentially seems to be based on um, Patrick Swayze's character from Point Break, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, so that's one of the funny oh, okay. ha-ha <laughs> ones so the uh the ad is grab this if you're on the mood for something short and odd isn't it funny how funny can be humorous or odd six funny short stories about how sometimes life death don't go quite according to plan asterisk grab this in the mood if ad reading grab this if you're in the mood for something short and odd not recommended as a pickup line Funny you should ask. Sometimes life and death don't go quite according to plan. Available from Amazon, all good Amazon stores near you. It's uh, it's available on ebook and both the backs, paper and hard. Okay, excellent. Get your copy now. Uh, and it's also available on Kindle Unlimited, so you can read it for free if you've got Kindle Unlimited. Oh, okay, cool. Hmm. Well, that sounds great. It doesn't have pictures, but it's short. It has short stories, so it means that. Um, I'm not being accused of hogging hogging the bathroom. Excellent. Excellent.